Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's a football Friday on Grant and Danny, February 9th, 2024. We are live at Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center one last ride out here in Vegas ahead of Super Bowl 58. Danny, how's DC? It is beautiful here, my friend. Missing you, missing that face in person, but it's fantastic uh, here in the district. So just real quick to talk about the caps at the top of the show before we get in all the foosball. This is kind of where my rooting interest lies now for them. Uh, it was a shooting gallery last night on Darcy Kemper, but Ovechkin scored. That's kind of like my my lead right now with them. Did Ovi score? That's three straight games. I care about that maybe more than what's going to happen the rest of the way, which, you know, you'd love to have both, but I don't know that we get both. Right now we got Ovi. Yeah, back-to-back out of the break as well, so maybe the beginning of a stretch for Ovechkin. We can get into the caps a little bit later on. Lay of the land today is going to be fun. We got a great show plan for you. So here's what we're looking at as we get ready for Super Bowl 58 two days away. Mike Golick is stopping by in 20 minutes, right at 225. Sam Hartman, who was the quarterback at Notre Dame this year, of course, before that for five years at Wake Forest. He is declared for the draft. He'll be a mid-round QB. I want to just talk about the process that guys like May and Daniels are going to be going through ahead of Washington possibly picking them. Uh, He stops by at 325. Our guy Dino Blandino's on the show today, Danny. Yes. Big Dino Blandino guys. Uh, He's very, very good at breaking down officiating. I want to complain about some of the rules in the NFL that have annoyed us. I'm going to ask him, Danny, why is it that on third and 30, a five-yard penalty away from the ball has to give you an automatic first down? And can we fix that? Uh, So that'll be at 425 today. And then set your alarms, boys and girls. The dulcet tones. The iconic voice of Kevin Harlan calling yet another Super Bowl on Westwood One, you can hear the game right here on the fan on Sunday. Yes. Harlan is sitting down with us today at 525. But we've also got all kinds of stuff to tend to. It's the Friday before the Super Bowl. we got traditions on this show. We've got our Super Bowl characters draft. Uh, who is not allowed at your Super Bowl party? We will do a draft at 3 o'clock with our producers, Darius and Ryan. We have a Super Bowl food draft that we do every year before the Super Bowl. That's at 5 o'clock today. Four-round draft. You only get to eat what's on your plate, a la our Thanksgiving draft. So those are very important things that we do every single year before Super Bowl Sunday. It is that time, Danny Ruye. It's the mostest, bestest, right? This is the casual weekend. All the football fans, we're already in. We've been into this product. Uh, really, it's year-round now. There's no time off. There's like a week or two where it's like, hey, there's a baseball season coming. Anyway, back to football because of the way they dominate the calendar. But this is the time for the casuals. They'll have their moment. They'll tell you, did you hear about this one guy that's dating Taylor Swift? Or I heard about this one Pepsi commercial. You know you've got to deal with it when all the tourists come by, but it's still a pretty great event. Tickets can be yours by listening 
as if all that wasn't enough reason to check us out on Grant and Danny today. We got Caps tickets for you coming up at 325. We'll give those away. And then at 525, when Harlan joins us later today, we've got uh, tickets to go over to MGM National Harbor as well. Uh, we've been giving those away all week. So we've got a couple of pairs left for Steve Trevino uh, right here on Grant and Danny. But we're two days out. We've kind of looked at this matchup broadly painted with a big brush this week on Super Bowl 58. As I dive a little deeper into this matchup now and get ready to leave Vegas, I'm a big fan of the paper in the hand. So I'm on the FanDuel app, obviously. But I do like leaving town with a paper ticket uh, in my paws. I'm going to take the Chiefs, I think. But the more you dive into this thing, man, as the week goes on, the momentum's swinging back. I don't know if people are talking themselves into San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I mean, the 49ers were favored this year by an average of 8.3 points per game. That's number one in the NFL. Chiefs were 4.8, which is fourth. If you look at some of the trends, this is the third time that a Super Bowl champion the following season has been in the game and been an underdog. And both of those other previous two teams lost. Doesn't bode well for Kansas City. This is the fourth time, Danny, that an underdog in back-to-back Super Bowls has tried to win. And last year, the Chiefs were able to. But the other three times that a team's tried to, as an underdog, go 2-0 in the Super Bowl in two years, all three failed. So you you just kind of look at some of those numbers, which I like to dive into. The fact that the Niners are just the 10th team ever to be a favorite in all 17 regular season games that they played, plus the playoff games that they've played. It's happened 10 times in the modern era, ever. And if you look at it, they're now the eighth out of those 10 teams to get to the Super Bowl. But five straight of those teams in the last 30 years have gone to the Super Bowl and won the damn thing. So the quality that San Francisco was all year suggests that they will win this game. I just don't view them right now as being on the same level as they played all season, specifically defensively. I think that's where it is, right? I mean, our... And we, we do this every week, and I know it, we, we, we try to fit narrative. I'm not saying you and I, but everybody who watches football, we react to the samples that we get each week, and you know we, we sometimes overrate them, sometimes we underrate them. We're all trying to figure out what everything means, right? And sometimes it's about individual matchups that, and things we wouldn't even notice. Like the right guard for uh, San Francisco does something that is disruptive to uh, you know the, the left defensive tackle, the guy that's going to line up as a three technique. I mean, things that we would never be able to figure out, some teams match up better against others. But what's in my brain, and it sounds like most of America, too, by the way, is betting Kansas City, just reading some of the data points on that. I think the majority of folks do seem to think that Kansas City is going to win this thing outright, betting a money line to cover or otherwise, and, and that's where my brain is, too. It's that San Francisco, I've forgotten how good they were, to your point, all year long. They set such a standard where if you have a checklist, right, it, doesn't, it does not matter who they're playing. Is Trent Williams available? Is Debo Samuel available? Is Christian McCaffrey available? Then they're going to win. That's not hyperbolic. That's pretty much what happened. And it wasn't just they're eking them out either. It was, what were they, like, you know, 14-1 and maybe with all those guys healthy in themselves and available. And they were dominant in those games. They were killing people of late. Really, you go back to their loss at Baltimore. They beat Washington, which is, you know, beat a 1AA school at that point in the season when everybody had mailed it in and and guys were halfway out the door to Acapulco. They hadn't played either a meaningful game or particularly well. And, again, it sounds funny to say about a team that's in the Super Bowl not having played that well, it speaks to the standard they set through the first you know, three months of the year. So I don't feel as confident in them as you normally would a team with their resume. Here's my one favorite Chiefs nugget that has me most, I would say, 
confident in Kansas City, okay? Mm-hmm. We used to talk about this all the time when Andy Reid was in the NFC East. Do you remember how insane his record was off of a bye? I think he was something like 16-3 and three at one point with Philadelphia, like off of a bye. There are certain quarter, uh, coaches who do an exceptional job with extra time and mm-hmm. extra rest. Reed with 13 or more days to plan for a game. So that doesn't just account for buys, but this is playoff games, Super Bowl lead-up, whatever. His team's all-time. They played 38 games. What would be impressive to you as a record out of 38 games with two weeks to prepare as a coach in the NFL? I mean, anything over 25 wins. You'd go, okay, this is no longer just a coin toss because he's had better teams than most. This is something different. 31-7. and Yep. 31-7 and when he's got two weeks to get his guys ready. And if you take just when he's had his best quarterbacks, now I know that that's cherry-picking a little bit, but my point is when he's had Pro Bowl QBs, that's McNabb and Mahomes, 26-3, and Danny, Mm. when he's had two weeks to prepare. Now, I love Kyle Shanahan's first 15 script with time. I'm probably going to bet on a prop for San Francisco to get points. You know, a field goal, touchdown, first drive. You know that when you give him time, he comes up, he draws something up against your defense, and then it'll be up to Spags to make adjustments. And that X and O, by the way, that back and forth, that chess match, yes, please. That is football beauty. Kyle Shanahan versus Spags in this matchup. But Andy Reid is better than Kyle, and I would say better than every other coach in the NFL. The numbers bear it out, man, when it comes to preparing with extra time and so i'm a big trends guy not to say that like the the 38 games before this all meant something because different teams would have you right yeah it's you're not playing 38 super bowls you know what i mean you 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 played you know i don't know the raiders a bunch of those times but But i think the point stands look at the chiefs ravens right Mm -hmm. look at what andy Reid did they came out mahomes was 10 of 10 in the first quarter they had a plan they had a design they hit baltimore in the mouth because he's just good at this and 31 and 7 I can rest on that. I'm a little nervous about riding with the Chiefs. I hate picking a team that I think is the inferior club. And I think the 49ers are better than the Chiefs top to bottom. But obviously you make the pick because of Mahomes. And for me, I fall back on Reed with two weeks. Can't miss. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're picking, the distinction I like to make, I was actually talking to a, a, a buddy about this this morning as we were walking our kids to school. The distinction to me is, I would pick San Francisco if they started the year over to have a better record than Kansas City. Over 18 games, over 20 weeks, over you know playoff time, I'd expect them to have a better point differential. I'd expect them to uh, to be more dominant more often, etc. I would. I think they are a better team, quote unquote. They, they, their resume has proven that, right? As the as the number one seed uh, in in the NFC. That doesn't matter about this game this week. The way that everything has gone and and, and is trending though. Kansas City is playing their best football right now. I don't know that San Francisco is. Now, you've got a couple weeks off. Guys heal up a little bit. Maybe Debo Samuel wasn't quite himself with that shoulder. A couple things were lingering. You know, it's not as if Kyle Shanahan's a slouch in his own right, to your point. But to me, this is less about your your overall resume, which I think you and I both agree. San Francisco turned in the work. They were the best team in the NFL, probably. Them in Baltimore over the course of the year. I think Baltimore's probably won. Kansas City, I mean, excuse me, uh, San Francisco's 1A or 2, knowing that they lost that head-to-head matchup out there in Baltimore. They turned it in, and that long, big sample is really, really good. We see this in the playoffs all the time in other sports, and we don't consider it the same way maybe in football. But, like, the Nationals were not the best team in Major League Baseball in 2019 from wire to wire. They got real hot after, you know, uh, 
50 games and played great and were really, really good. But Houston tur- turned in a better report card for the year. So did a couple, sort of the Dodgers, sort of a couple other teams. San Francisco has a better, had a better year than Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins this game. I want to give you another trend. I'm presenting some of the wackies I found this week. All right. Kyle Shanahan's 49ers, San Francisco, when they have not been traveling short week East Coast back to West Coast, which is pretty grueling, when they have been at home for the week leading up to the game and played a game in Pacific time, you get what I'm trying to get at here? Meaning if they, so, don't, if they haven't had bad travel. Exactly. They are at home and they haven't traveled back from the East on a short week. They've won 17 straight games. Like these are some of those little things that I see and I go, wait a second. So you look at when San Francisco struggled or where they were, who they were playing, and people go home versus road is what matters. A lot of times it's, was that a 1 o'clock game east, which is 10 Pacific for San Francisco, and the body clock's not adjusted? This game's being played out here in Vegas. Everyone's been here for an extended period of time. There's no adjusting happening. Like My, my point in bringing this up is not to say that that's a reason to assume it'll be 18 in a row as much as it is to suggest how good San Francisco is. When it is 72 and sunny, when they are rested, they don't really lose. I think people are sleeping on what they are with Debo and McCaffrey. They're like 23-3 and in their last 26 games Mm -hmm. when Debo Samuel plays the entire game. This is such a good team, and it just feels weird to me. I don't know if it's the same with what you're watching or or how the dialogue's been at home, but out here, I think probably 90% of people that I've talked to on Radio Row, whatever, are picking the Chiefs. And it should not be that way. No. Like, this this overcorrection for they've got Patrick Mahomes and so they can't lose, that is a cool story, bro. That's not really how football always works. I, I guess my point is I definitely see a 60-40 lean to Kansas City, but people are acting like the 49ers are just some team that's happy to get here. and They're better than the team they're playing. They have not been an underdog once all year. There are nine times that's happened since seven years before I was born. Like, this is a great team. I just think they're being slept on is all. But I am rolling with the Chiefs against my better judgment. I just want you guys to know that I am I, – I think we're all making a big mistake and just suggesting that it's Mahomes so nothing's going to matter. I know. That's all. No, it's it, it's it's such a salient point, right? I know we're talking out of both sides of our mouths. At least well, but I that's, am. We're presenting both sides. No, of that's, which is fair. Like I, I I'm I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm nervous about that. I don't have a lot of confidence in that. I'm not great at picking games anyway, uh, as evidenced by our confidence point standings. But beyond that, well, speaking of which, mm. today at six o'clock, in the final segment of the show, it all comes down to one last segment, Danny. You and Darius are 12 points apart. Now, you're leading Darius by 12 points. You're pretty comfortable. Eh. But Darius has the opportunity to just go against all of your picks so that if you go over, you could potentially have to go to JCPenney and do an embarrassing photo shoot with the photos that we send you and the props that we send you in. So my math isn't very good. You and I both know that. There's not much about me that's very good, frankly. If I get three points the way I figured it out, I think that means... I, not, there's nothing Darius can do. So, but wouldn't he tie you? He would tie you. If I if I'm plus three, and Darius goes opposite me, oh, I, I got. You. I mean, okay. he could do whatever he wants. Obviously, he could go opposite. He could make up his own. He could do whatever. But if I if I'm plus three at any time, right? Then there's not there, there's no way for me to lose. Home sweet home, baby. Yeah, which makes me really really really, really nervous. That's feel all. Good about that? <laughs> no, I don't feel good about that. 
The guy took a three-point play right. Oh, God. This could be the reversal of two years ago. It often comes down to you and Darius, it feels like. Um, but mm-hmm. two years ago, you and Darius going into the Super Bowl yep. were the bottom two. Yep. Joe Mixon over under rushing yards. Basically, Danny strategically, after Darius made all of his picks, zigged where Darius zagged to try to, on one bet, move ahead of him. Yeah. And so, so today could be the payback for Darius. So the bit was I was down two points heading into the final. And I was like, I could just play it straight, but that's put me in last place. So what I did was Darius would go, here's my five-point play. I go, Darius, that's a great five-point play. I have the exact same one. And then I'd go, Darius would do his four-point play. I go, that's an amazing four-point play. I had the same thing. And it was down to the three-point play, the Joe Mixon over-under rushing yards. So he hadn't gone over the entire postseason, hadn't been over in months and months and months. And, of course, first half he goes over. Like there's a tackle for a loss minus like seven, eight yards. Nope, there was a penalty. It was offsides. All sorts of stuff. The lightning struck. And, of course, I lost, and I was the intern for a day. But you had a good time being the intern for the day. I did not. It was miserable. Terrible and if experience. I could say, you were a great intern. I would have hired you immediately if I was CK. You well, were such a good intern. Well, my reviews weren't, performance reviews weren't very good. Terrible attitude. Uh, talked back a lot. Complained. When I went to get the junkies bagels in the morning. I've got an announcement on table games for you, Danny. Go on. I think roulette has moved ahead of blackjack. Whoa. As my favorite game to play, Whoa. which makes me, I think, officially 70 years old, right? The one, that's just where the ball spins? Yeah, exactly. And you guess one out of what, like 30-some numbers? Well, you can. You could go red. That's your you plan? You could go black. You could go, you know, the, there's three different thirds of the board. You can go odd. You can go even. It's an analytics game, man. I'm a big fan. The board tells a story. The, the board was whispering sweet noise into my ears, man. I thoroughly enjoyed myself playing a little roulette last night. Blackjack's fun, too. It moves a little quicker. I feel like you lose money a little faster, potentially. But uh, It can. It can happen. I, don't, I think, uh, look, we've known for a long time. I'm, I'm very much older than my age. I'm like 100 years old. Mm-hmm. I felt it last night because it hit me. I was like, I think I'm a roulette guy. Like, I love the pace of this game. It's very fun. You ever see the ball go around? Right. <laughs> I went to the craps table. Uh, to me, That was not fun. for me. Craps is fun. If you really want to lose a lot of money in a short time, you should definitely play some craps. That, that's kind of where I'm at on craps. Whatever, anytime I'm with a group of dudes, it's not like we, I go gambling often, you know, like to the tables. But, like, whenever it's, there's a group of us together. You guys like, go out on – you do Wednesdays at MGM, right? Well, so, you know, I, I've been to Atlantic City a bunch and Vegas a handful of times like anybody else. And, like, there's always a group of guys that love playing craps. They love it, right? They're always about playing craps. And so what will happen is you hear that, like, joyful noise – Every seven seconds, it's like, come on, blah, 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 blah. yeah, come on, blah, blah, blah. yeah, and it's like, oh my God, they're beating Vegas. Let's Such all get tease, in. And right? I roll over. They're like, here's my chips. I too wish to beat Vegas. Gone, instant. What happened? I, I, I what did I? I that I bet on the uh, on the wrong line. Is this the come line or the goal line or the seven line or the not seven? Not for me. You got. You can have it. Is there any possibility that there are like plants in casinos, or is this way too cynical? That just walk around like with a bunch of chips, making you feel like they're winning. Like the amount of people around me that seem that. happy and are cheering and are screaming and talking about their winnings. I'm never that guy, but he's always there. It's you know what I'm saying. I've like, always believed that. That's my conspiracy theory. I've always believed it. I don't know. Like I get that you see that online. Everyone posts their winning ticket. Not always with how much they bet, but they'll just be like, "Look at the parlay I just hit." No one shows you the eleven parlays that they didn't hit before that. So there's some of that, but I don't know, man. I'm just – last night all these people around me have all these chips and everyone's having such a merry time, and I'm like, 
I want some of that, just any of that fun. Didn't work out quite as well. Uh, Mike Golick, you know him from his time for many, many years on Mike and Mike. He's actually going to be on the call on Westwood One. You'll hear the game right here on the fan on Sunday. He's going to join us next from Radio Row out here in Vegas at Super Bowl 58. Big game coverage on the fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. We're Grant and Danny Golick in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They're the official Grant and Danny Show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys and visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show. Get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We love our guys, Kondori and Murad, based out of Fairfax. We're live on Radio Row out here in Vegas, Super Bowl 58, Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Pleased to be joined by Mike Golick, who will be on the call for Westwood One, Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and he will be on the field. Normally you're in the booth providing analysis. Now you're down on the field telling us what you see. It's kind of like the late, great Tony Saragusa, you know, how he was on the field and he just kind of had that open mic. And it's been pretty cool because I'm normally in the booth uh, for Sunday night games with Ryan Radke. But for this, it's Kurt Warner and uh, Kevin Harlan in the booth, and I'm on the sideline doing the analyst, and then Laura Oakman is the actual professional <laughs> doing, doing the sideline stuff. So it is very cool. It's different um, because, I, you know, calling from the booth and then or being on the field, I'm right there. I can, I can kind of peek in. I have access everywhere. I can listen in on coaches talking to players, players talking to players, kind of get that. Because uh, I always love watching the sideline from the booth, seeing the interaction. Now I'm right there getting it to get some nice, uh, hopefully, inside information on, on, on what's going on. And then, quite honestly, I get them down there. I get to see the halftime show. <laughs> I get to, you know, maybe if, if – I don't know who's going to win this game, obviously. If Kansas City wins, maybe I'll bump into Taylor Swift. So there's some perks to being down on, on the sideline. No doubt about it. There's not much that hasn't been said about Patrick Mahomes that, yeah. that we can now add to the conversation. But what do you make of a career arc so far? Six years, six conference championship games. And if they went on Sunday, you know, he's ahead of Brady in terms of some of the winning metrics here. We were just saying we're never going to see this again in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And it took like 10 years. We can never say never, right? Pretty much with anything. Yeah, what he's doing, and it's a combination of things. He's great. 
Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach. He's had Hall of Famer with him and Travis Kelsey had Tyreek Hill with him for some. You, you start looking at things like Tom Brady. Remember Tom Brady's first couple of Super Bowls were really defensive Super Bowls, and it was more the defense than the offense. Well, for Pat, it has been the offense, but this year it's kind of flopped. It's been the defense. The offense has obviously Kelsey, but uh, what wide receiver was going to step up? It was Rasheed Rice. They love the league and drop passes. They have Pacheco, who I love as a running back, but San Francisco is certainly deeper on the offensive side of the ball. It's been Kansas City's defense, much like the Tampa Bay defense when Tom won in Tampa Bay. Tom's not even at the Super Bowl if that defense doesn't ball out in the playoffs. That's exactly what Kansas City's defense has been doing as well. Steve Spagnuolo is interesting to me. It just doesn't seem like he ever really gets brought up that much. You're right. Also, look, I don't know how head coaching interviews work or don't. It seems like at some point he should be in the conversation again. I know it went terribly with the Rams. Right. But, man, has he done a good job. So it's a combination of things. Does he want to? Most people want to be head coaches. He was already, as we know. Where's the want to there? Uh, You know, I've had great D coordinators who tried to become head coaches. It didn't work. The one that comes to mind is the late, great Bud Carson, one of the greatest D coordinators of all time. Head coach in Cleveland didn't work out. So some are better as coordinators. I don't know that about Spags. I hope he gets another shot if he wants another shot. But to your point, you're right. The cycle this year, we, we saw the younger Offensive, defensive coordinator, say for like a Dan Quinn, even Raheem Morris up there a little bit, not like the younger guys like a Mike McDonald. So you'll wonder because, man, I talked to Nick Bolton and Chris Jones at the beginning of the week, and, I mean, they just gush about Spags and that defense and what it allows them to do. Mike Golick is going to be on the call with Westwood One, Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. You can hear it right here on 106.7 The Fan. Other side for the Chiefs before we talk 49ers. No Joe Tooney on the inside. Right. That hasn't really hurt no, them yet. No. Will it this week? Well, I mean, you never know. Listen, he's a starter for a reason. Nick Allegretti did a nice job uh, filling in in the championship game, and that's the one thing about the NFL. The rosters are smaller, certainly, than what you're used to in, like, a college or a high school. So, I mean, you are literally one play away from filling in somewhere, especially an old lineman. Interior guys need to know usually both guards and center position. So, you know, you're usually carrying <clears throat> six, seven old linemen so you don't have a back, true backup at every position. So you always got to be ready to, to go. And Nick has been. But, again, you have a starter who's out. So, yeah, you know, you, you think, it, can it affect you? Certainly against this San Francisco defensive line that got Eric Armstead back. Uh, that has Hargrave in the middle as well. They have depth on that defensive line. But I think Nick has really, really settled in there well, has got all the time. It's not like Joe got hurt and, oh, my God, Nick's getting thrown in. Nick got to practice and get ready for a game. Now get now I got the two weeks to get ready for this game. So I, I, I don't think it'll be too bad at all. Mike Golick on Grant and Danny. One of the things I love about this game is we're seeing two of the best tight ends of this era. Yes. At a time where tight end play is unbelievable. And Washington, where you're broadcasting right now, it's, it's been a weakness the last couple of years. Yeah. They've got to add a weapon. Can you be a great offense without a weapon at tight end right well, now? Well, I mean, it depends on your weapons on the outside. If you have <clears throat> two receivers who are like number ones and you have a great receiving back, whether it's your starting back or a third down back that comes in, you can, you can overcome that. But the biggest thing a tight end does for you is let you control the middle of the field. And that's what these guys do. They're like glorified large wide receivers. Now, George Kittle, well, Travis Kelsey will block. He'll certainly give it a go. George Kittle 
anybody that comes from Iowa, they learn how to stick their face mask into somebody's chest. So he's really versatile as far as blocking and receiving. But to have someone that can control the middle of the field and be that matchup problem, who covers? Do you need, can a linebacker cover your tight end, or do you need to have a safety cover your tight end? So that, that makes a big difference on the domino effect of the rest of your, of your defense and what you're going to do. What's interesting here is you talk about the two best tight ends. Fred Warner for the 49ers is number one in opposing quarterback rating when he's in coverage. Nick Bolton for the Chiefs is number three. So oh, wow. while you have two great tight ends, you have really two really good cover linebackers as well. Sometimes they'll be man, obviously, but in zone as well. And more important for Kansas City because San Francisco is so good yards after the catch for those backers and DBs to make a catch after a short pass. Debo Samuel. Or make the tackle after a short pass. Debo's one of a kind. <clears throat> yes, There's he is. not really another guy like that. I'm trying to think Houston and Philly days for you playing. I like to say Debo's a throwback. But was there a, a big physical wide receiver lined up in the backfield? No, the- not really. I mean, the only other one we can talk about is Cordell Patterson. Yeah, you know, who does it as Currently. well now, right? But but when you back played, then, was that now, even a thing? Not really. No, it really wasn't. So Everybody this is a had prototype their... of one. Oh, and and look at what it does. Now you add that in to McCaffrey, to IU, to Kittle, and and that's the beauty of this offense for Kyle Shanahan is you know when you script those first X amount of plays. You really want to kind of get everybody involved and see how the defense is going to react. You have your coaches upstairs saying, okay, this situation they did this, this situation they did that, and then you start to make your adjustments, and it puts you in a nice position when you have versatile player, a number of players, but then one so versatile like Debo. What do you make of uh, Washington? They move on from Ron Rivera. They yeah. bring in Dan Quinn. He's getting a second chance. So I love Dan. Um, I, I'm surprised Washington because basically it's a clean start. You got kind of the stench of Daniel Snyder gone, and then the whole name change thing while we went through all of that. And it was kind of a clean start. I'm surprised they were eight of eight. I'm surprised they were last in getting a coach. I thought they would be maybe not first, but up there, you know, okay, new, new ownership. We're kind of cleansing here. Let's get someone in that we want. Especially they knew for a while they weren't bringing Rivera back. Exactly right. So I'm a little surprised that they weren't. And maybe they were offering and maybe they were coaches not taking because coaches rank these things. Coaches that have choices look at situations. Who's the owner? Who's going to be the coach? Obviously you have the coach, but who's going to be the the, the quarterback? So, So coaches that are looking at that job, they're looking at, okay, what's ownership like, new ownership? What's the team like? What's my quarterback situation? That's why the best situation was with the Chargers, and you knew Harbaugh, if he wanted to come back, was going to go there. But then it was like, what's going on, Washington? But you do have the number two pick, so you probably know you're starting over with a rookie quarterback in the draft. So some, some coaches may say, I don't want that. Other coaches may say, okay, I do like that because I know I'll get a little bit of time. Mike Golick on GND. Do you think there's any chance, new owner, new GM, new head coach, now picking second, that they don't take a quarterback? No, I think they absolutely take a quarterback. I I think that's what a new regime will do and say we're all starting the clock together on a new quarterback. I think they have to. Now, caveat to that, we can all grade quarterbacks, but it doesn't matter how we grade quarterbacks. It only matters how Washington grades a quarterback. And if they feel the quarterback – is 
of that caliber, which I think there is, they'll draft it. Because I remember when Ryan Tannehill went number seven to Miami. And I remember talking to Ron Jaworski about that when everybody was like, what? And he's like, listen, doesn't matter what we think. We may not like it. But the Miami Dolphins had his grade there. And then whether it's right or whether it's wrong, and obviously he moved on from there, that's on them. But it all comes down to what your grade is on these quarterbacks. I remember I covered the Redskins then, and that was that was they were called that then. Yeah. But Mike Shanahan was their coach and running the team, and they were going to take Tannehill. I think it was at six. They moved up to two and got Robert Griffin, obviously. Right. But, yeah, they weren't the only team that liked him in yeah, that Yeah, exactly spot. right. I mean, so it, it does. It comes down to holder. what your grade is. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. Mike Golick, Westwood One. The game's right here on the fan. You can listen to it on Sunday night. Grant and Danny with you. Next, the Commanders have decided to keep one of their young offensive assistants who impressed this season. We'll dive into that when we return on the fan. Every Super Bowl party you've ever been to has some of the same characters that make the event sing. We're going to have a Super Bowl character party draft, our annual tradition, on Grant and Danny at the top of the hour coming up at 3 o'clock. We're going to be drafting the people that we don't want at our Super Bowl party who make the experience worse with their existence and presence while you're trying to enjoy the game. So make sure you're listening right at 3 o'clock. Sam Hartman, the quarterback from Notre Dame, will give us an idea of what QB is going through the pre-draft process. Like the guys Washington's going to be looking at at number two overall are going to be going through in these next couple of months. He'll be on the show at 325 today. And NFL rules expert Dean Blandino is with us at 425. Danny's on Half Street in D.C. I'm out here in Vegas. Radio Row, Super Bowl 58 is at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Wasn't easy today. I got here. My Uber driver told me when I got into his car he's a new driver. He asked me if I knew how to get to Mandalay Bay, Danny. Oh, no. I said I didn't. He then followed the phone, which I thought was a good starting point. That's a good way to do it, yeah. Uh, he said that his GPS never works near Mandalay Bay, and he was right. It didn't. Um, and so it, we took a, a little bit of a short cut that turned into a long cut, I would say. I was going to say, it's not a shortcut if it's longer. <laughs> but uh, but we got here nice. for sure. So that's all that mattered. I had a bit uh, this morning. I, I wanted to go to uh, Walter Reed Community Center. And so I pushed in Walter Reed in my GPS just on autopilot, and I was almost all the way to Bethesda. Uh, to, to go to the medical center where I realized, very different. I wanted to go to Arlington. I just wasted half an hour. So I didn't even know there was anything named Walter Reed over in Arlington. But yeah. yeah, when I think Walter Reed, I think right there on, what is it, Wisconsin Avenue or down at the end there. Uh-huh. Uh, not far from the Bethesda Theater, honestly. Exactly right. Where we just were. Uh, but, yeah, got to be careful, man. It's not good. And at one point, he asks, he, this is not a, like you think I'm being funny. He pulls over and he asks a cop, at another pl- part of Mandalay Bay, he's like, how do I get to the lobby to drop him off? And the guy gives him some directions. He's like, go up to Las Vegas Boulevard, take a left, go on Russell. Doo, doo, doo. And so he like, he's like, thank you. And he puts his window up, and he starts driving away. And he's like, did you get that by chance? Oh, for God's sakes, man. And I just was like, Ugh, nope. don't do not do anything that if it's a hidden camera show, you're going to look like an idiot. Just just keep your head down here. I didn't happen to catch all of that. I didn't. Maybe Maybe you could. Big game coverage on 106.7 The Fan, presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. We're both proud owners of Solo Stoves. Indeed, sir. Hey, how about the news that came out last night? The commanders are keeping Tavita Pritchard, their quarterback's coach last year, 
who worked directly with Sam Howell, a little continuity of Howell in the offense now, under presumably Brian Johnson, their pass game coordinator. We haven't heard his title yet. Cliff Kingsbury, the OC. This tells you either that their exit interviews, the players raved about them, maybe ownership and a lot of the you know, due diligence that they did, that they really started to take a liking to him, or perhaps Shen in the analytics department that's holdover from last season. Uh, he interviewed with Kingsbury. He interviewed maybe with Brian Johnson. I don't know if he's even far enough along in the process to be sitting in on that yet. But they're rolling with Tavita Pritchard, who I will say he was liked. I had a lot of people say very, very nice things about him last year to me. He was the coordinator and the quarterback's coach at Stanford for a handful of years before coming to Washington. Mm-hmm. Played his college ball at Stanford as a QB. Uh, back in the, you know, when I was just getting out of high school and college, like 07 through 10, something like that. But I kind of was hoping for a splash up and coming. This guy's going to be a coordinator. He's going to be awesome. Quarterbacks coach. And maybe that's what they think they're getting in Pritchard, and he was just already under their nose. It's one of those things where I, I, if, if I was there day-to-day, fly-on-the-wall style, I could speak better to it. It realizes how limited my scope of information actually is. And it's not just me. It's anybody's. Because I'm going, it, let's say let's say Tavita Pritchard gets hired to go to Minnesota, for example, right? If I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, I'd go, well, the quarterback you worked with stunk, had a terrible year. I don't want that guy. Doesn't tell the story, right? He could be a fantastic coach and, and could have, you know, made Sam Howell, frankly, better than he should have been. You know, like that, that he was, they were masking a bunch of things and, and Howell would have been worse off without him. I mean, it's all speculation. It's hard to figure out. But it's one of those things where you know he could be, uh, as you said, super bright, up-and-comer, uh, hardworking, diligent. In order to stay after the last couple of years here in Washington, you got to do pretty darn well in an interview and, probably, and, and have reasons why things didn't go particularly well without you know running guys under the bus and you know, trying to you know, thread that needle. Sounds like he did that. Sounds like he blew, blew the guys away in, their, in, the, in the interview process. So good for him. Well, he also... Uh, to his credit, like he was the guy that worked directly with Hal constantly. So Biennemi's calling the plays mm-hmm. and running the offense, and occasionally you'd see him come over and sit down on the bench and grab a, a tablet and talk to Sam. But Tavita's the guy that's constantly in his ear, right? That's the, the role of the quarterback's coach generally, but uh, I think that that bond and that relationship, from what I've gathered, I'll bet you Sam will be thrilled about that. Yep. And I do think it'll help in any transition and maybe some marrying some concepts, things like that. But he was the one guy when you would ask last year, like, is there a coach on this staff that's like a young guy that might actually end up being a, a stud eventually? Now, on the defensive side, they had Chris Harris for a while who left before last season, and it really hurt them, I thought, in the secondary. And they had Tavita Pritchard on offense. So uh, he is staying. There's some continuity I don't think they're done hiring an offensive staff yet, and I'll continue to reiterate that I think the O-line coach is probably going to be the biggest deal Essential. for Cliff Kingsbury uh, based on how things trended in Arizona. Sam Hartman is going to join us at 325. Kevin Harlan today at 525. Next, our Super Bowl characters draft. Who are we not allowing at our Super Bowl party? A staple every single year on the Friday before the big game right here on Grant and Danny. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.